You take an ancient dinosaur gut and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes, and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, King of the Casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Welcome to Podzilla, King of the Casters. I'm your host, NB Nightingale. And I'm your other host, Brandon. Our producer, Jasper, is all tuckered out from a big shit. He's a dog. On today's episode, we will be talking Son of Godzilla from 1967. So, Brandon, this is a what this film is notable for introducing America's sweetheart, <laughs> Manila, the son of Godzilla. So, want to give your initial thoughts on the film? Just as Bill Cosby was once America's sweetheart. <laughs> oh, God, no! Continue the bit. You've got to finish it now. Finish what you started. <laughs> but Manila has also soured. But unlike Bill Cosby, it was immediately when he appeared on screen. <laughs> Brandon really hates Manila, guys. And... You know, I don't feel as strongly about Manila as Brandon does. I don't like him. I, in fact, laughed whenever I saw the uh, the other monster kaijus uh, kicking the shit out of a newborn baby. Yes. But, uh, I, I, I liked this movie. But I will forget it within a week. Outside of the monster stuff. Okay. Um, I will say, Nolan, why are, you, why are you in any way whatsoever not disavowing that little crotch goblin? Listen, I have not, nor have I ever associated with Manila. Our brands might have intersected. But... I had no personal relationship or knowledge of his allegations. <laughs> Are you certain of this? Because if I pull up this, um, do you remember your tweet you posted on December 30th, uh, 2013? Uh, folks, give me a second. Give me a second. Let me pull this up. Where's my phone? Okay. All right. Is it going to be like a... One of those pictures of Elon Musk with Ghislaine Maxwell, but it's me with Manila. You know what? It's really funny you brought that up, because that's exactly what it was. And Manila with Ghislaine Maxwell. (laughs) We're making far too many references to sexual predators in regards to Manila. (laughs) We can restart. (laughs) No, I think we're committed at this point. We're committed to, to this. To this pit, I guess. <laughs> Alright. So, continuing on. So, I, what that monster do, Brandon? You didn't even ask me if I liked the movie. <laughs> I did. Well, I didn't answer it. I didn't answer it. <laughs> I promise we're sober. Um, <laughs> so... Don't worry, we go into all of these perfectly sober of the events that unfold. So, um, 
he, he said that in a way where it implied that we don't, but we do. So I don't know why he said it all sketchy like that. <laughs> uh, so, um, what we did, um, watch the movie. Uh, it's currently available on HBO Max, to bring that up. And I enjoyed this movie when a certain little gross slimy ogre looking toddler wasn't on screen so we just had to edit because this episode is having an absolutely feral energy to it <laughs> so I like and we went a little too feral there <laughs> don't worry go to our patreon you can see the uncensored we are, the uncensored cut is going to be burnt of this i know it's a recording on a computer we are burning your laptop <laughs> Just kidding, folks. We don't we don't have a Patreon or anything. We're doing this for fun right now. So, um... If you want to send us money, just put it in an envelope. Just mail it to us. <laughs> you don't know our address. Just choose. You'll find it. Just choose an address <laughs> and send money there. Anyways, I enjoyed this movie overall. I will... I do have positive things to say. I do. Just not about that little toad looking gremlin so i will say the giant there's in this movie there are a few different types of monsters most of them other than godzilla and his quote son um and not demon spawn are just basically large insects there is a large spider called kumanga that's really fun and he's a he's a nice design and he's animated well with puppetry and along with um, the giant ants that show up. Those both look very nice and fun. And those were, f- whenever they were on screen, it was a fun time. I enjoyed the setting of this movie, actually. When it was a, this is the first one that I remember is fully t- takes place on this island. Yeah, on what is alluded to being Monster Island and will develop as such as the series goes on. Yes. So, what's interesting about it is, I feel like the characters overall are in more danger in this compared to other Godzilla movies we've seen. Other than 98, where, you know, the little raptors are trying to eat them. Where there is some really awesome effects where the characters are in danger of being attacked by these monsters and eaten. And you don't really feel that in, like, Godzilla versus uh, Gigan and raids again like he doesn't directly just start like picking up people and trying to eat them and that sort of happens in a way in this movie and it was an interesting change of pace and it felt like they were definitely on this place they weren't really supposed to be and there was danger there and that was fun um yeah so i have more to say than the than the disgusting little demon spawn that's in this movie okay so what that disgusting little demon spawn do though that is my segue, in case you're new to the show, to our segment, What That Monster Do, in which Brandon uses all his knowledge from uh, that animation degree to talk about character design and some cool special effects stuff and how, in this case, Manila was brought to life. <laughs> well, we've got Godzilla, we've got Manila, we've got the giant ants which have names but i don't have my phone in front of me to look at them and they're not addressed as such in the movie and we've got the kamanga yes okay um 
It's really funny how you said how Manila came to be. Because the only way Manila came to be had to involve a pentagram and a sacrifice. But um, Manila in this movie overall, how how the this this beast of seven hells looks is a... I would describe him as a gross, uncanny gorilla fetus. He's so gross and oily when he first comes out and he only gets worse from there. You wrote that down while watching? Yes. You can see the words. Oh god, he did. <laughs> so, I don't... I do not... I guess, just character design-wise. Manila is very ugly. He is. Thank both, you. Both forms of Manila are pretty ugly. So, first we get, like, a newborn baby Manila fresh from the egg that the three giant ants are, like, poking at and trying to kill. And then we get a slightly older Manila. Like, I don't know, and the way that baby deer grow up in the first couple of days really fast. Uh, so he's slightly bigger, able to walk on his two feet, and able to blow atomic breath rings. Yes. So, he does have different stages in this movie, and I will say that if they're... If their course of action was trying to make a cute Godzilla, they absolutely failed. <laughs> yeah, they, they failed pretty agree? bad. They failed pretty bad. See, you agree? No. Listen, I told Nolan, just Nolan, because I just Nolan. because I don't have the hatred of Manila that you do does not mean that I like Manila. I'm going to make you hate Manila before the end of this. So, so Nolan, Nolan, Nolan. Here's something, um, you told me before the podcast started. Did it bring you joy to see a baby Manila get poked and stabbed by ants? It did. It really did. And whenever God... People of the... Here in the podcast, listen. Does it sound like Nolan does not hate a character who, in their infant form, we expressed joy when they were being attacked? genuine belly chuckle joy does that sound like a character that nolan quote just kind of isn't a fan of <laughs> listen both can be true i can be a more cruel person than you and not like and like manila slightly more than you it'll level out so we both get the same enjoyment from his pain <laughs> Because here's the thing, Manila is, I would describe Manila as body stature type-wise. He he reminds me of, you know, when babies are a few months old, they're cute. Like, it's that stage where they're very cute. But then they start growing up a little bit about a toddler. And, you know, around that stage is when they're kind of at their ugliest overall. And I feel like Manila is squarely in that period. Like, he doesn't have, he has large eyes. And he has, he has infant, toddler-like proportions, but it does not endear you to him at all. And I'm the baby! <laughs> exactly. So it brung us great... Brought, it brought. brought us great joy and just fun times whenever Manila either got hurt by himself and his, and his stupidity or especially when another monster was attacking him. The entire movie, we had uproarious joy during those moments. When God, when 
when Manila is trying to learn how to atomic breathe, and Godzilla raises his hand like he's about to smack his son, Brandon was cheering him on. <laughs> you didn't Brandon. say it, but you I could see it in your eyes. <laughs> Brandon, for a vi- for a couple of minutes, became a huge fan of corporal punishment. <laughs> And Nolan was a bystander who wouldn't have cared either way. <laughs> what is the energy of this episode? <laughs> so, um, oh God. So yeah, so uh, Kumanga's design. <laughs> yes, Kumanga's design. Let's let's try and keep some semblance. So Kumanga is a giant spider. And he is, he has eight legs. He is a giant hairy spider with glowing purple eyes, which is pretty spooky. They're like out of glass, I think. And he is a gray spider with green stripes. So he's a more sim, he does have a name, but he is a more simplistic kind of monster compared to like um, the other creatures we've seen with names. He has much less personality by his insect nature. Yes. And his design is a very simple one. He is just a large spider. You could put him into any generic monster movie and you wouldn't think it's a Godzilla kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a kaiju because of his size, is basically yeah. how it works. So that is, um, and then Godzilla himself looks more... Pretty similar to what was last episode. Yeah. I know this was first in the order, but, uh, well, not first, but it's earlier in the order than uh, than what we saw in... Uh, in Godzilla versus Gigan, but uh, it it's pretty much the same suit. Yeah, I would say so. I think it's definitely in that period where they sort of gave Godzilla larger eyes, more uh, human face, and just overall friendlier to be more kid friendly. Godzilla loves his children. So, any more uh, stuff to talk about with the characters? Okay. Um. So, the monsters themselves are pretty much done. They're very sim- simple. Uh, we have giant ants, which look really good in that movie. Yeah. They have, like, lots of spikes and details to them, mm-hmm. and they have big pinchers and everything on their, their mouths. It's a really fun um, monster design, and I think my favorite part in this movie that we haven't seen in any others is what I was alluding to where the humans are more in danger in this. Yeah. Oh, that giant spider arm. Awesome. When it was actually interacting with the actors was cool. Yeah, because you could tell it wasn't, um, like, green screened in. Like, the actors were, like, pushing at this giant puppet spider hand that emerged into their their boulder cave and started trying to, like, grab them. Like, it was really fun. It was one of those fun parts of the movie. But, um, yeah, so that's really about it in terms of the character designs and everything. Um, let me check again. Ants being... Yeah, so... I just say... The last thing is that Godzilla shows up in this movie very quickly. Yeah, first scene. Yeah. Like, 30 seconds in, and it's, like, very dark and, like, spooky. And it sort of gives a vibe that the rest of the film does not. Oh, yeah, it immediately cuts to, like, a bunch of people exploring the uh, monster island pre-monsters yeah. and they're all just like do 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 and the music's like do 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 
It's like a lighthearted sitcom. I half expect when we cut to the island here. Makalikaliki maka is a way to say. Don't want to get sued by Elton John. Da, 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 that one. Yeah. Is it? That's not Elton John. I, it is, I think. No, it's like Bing Crosby. It's it. It's like way older than Elton John. It's like vintage Christmas. Okay. All right, I'll believe you. This is not. Crosilla, King of the Bings. <laughs> but it could be. <laughs> Maybe I'd rather do that than further discuss this little, this little turd that is given human form. Vague. The rest of the episode will be will be about the Bing Crosby classic, White Christmas. <laughs> oh, no. All right, so. Okay. So um, we can get into the the summary of this movie. Uh, after a short commercial break. Oh yes, let's give um, we have a nice we have a nice little break for you here. So, uh, get settled, and I know you got a lot some high energy things in, which will come right back in once you start talking about them again. But um, yeah, so we'll see you in a little bit. Have a have a good time. <laughs> than life to be a good dad you just need to spend time with your kids it takes a man to be a dad all right so let's talk about uh that plot for this film so it's pretty much uh it starts with the prologue uh in which we find out that godzilla is making his way to this secret island that has a name but we don't care because it's gonna be monster island that's the only name that matters and and when we get to the island it turns out that some that some scientists military scientists are working on a super secret weapon there and a journalist uh parachutes out of a plane to try and get the scoop and they're like you can't get the scoop. This is classified. But also, it's so classified we can't get you a uh, we can't get you a boat to leave. So you're our cook now, which I don't <laughs> think is I think it's technically indentured servitude, and it's probably highly illegal. <laughs> Whoops! You showed up to our to the thing we're doing war crimes on. Oh, you better better cook for us. I'm sure that won't go poorly. <laughs> yeah. So the yeah, island, so the island when, they when they already has, already has some big ass some insects, big ass but. Insects. They're not kaiju-level big. They're like... They're like... The ants are the size of large dogs big. Yeah. Or like tigers. I assume the spider is also similarly sized. Even though we don't... We see the ants in their original form. We don't see the spider in its original form. Yeah, we don't see Kumanga with how big he was. Kumangas, yeah. Yeah. Kumchungus, yeah. Big Chungus. We do not see Big Chungus in his original form. Uh, But, yeah, so... Then, the scientists, uh, so the photo- so the, uh, the journalist turned chef finds out, oh, there's a native girl living on the island who is the abandoned daughter of some scientists who were studying the island. 
mm. uh, when they died in a Tarzan-like fashion. Yes. And apparently left a bunch of clothes her size just around and fashionable. Uh, I mean, the darker thing is that it probably is her mom's clothes. Uh, On that well, sad I mean, note... <laughs> should I go there? Should I go there? I'll cut it out if it's bad. <laughs> So we did actually decide to cut that joke out. So yes. continuing on. Yeah, it was, it was too it was too risque. Now Brandon just made it weird after I made it. So <laughs> we decided to cut the whole bit. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, so she's uh so she's alone and she's uh living it up and then the scientists do their experiment for what is at a ice bomb. <laughs> Producer Jasper has taken the drinking from the toilet. <laughs> He's done very satisfied with himself. <laughs> and we can continue on with the show. So, they're making an ice bomb, but they fuck up real bad. And now the the island is ecologically uh, screwed and it's just heating up at an alarming rate. And they're, uh, the phones, they, they purposefully broke the phones because for reasons that I didn't fully understand. Me neither. I think they were trying... Uh, every time I try and suss out what was going on with that, it doesn't make sense, so... For the short synopsis, we'll just read by it. Uh, uh, but yeah, so they're cooking up, and their experiment also accidentally radiated all of those large ants into, and the spider into even larger ants, and an even larger spider. Big spiders. And the ants are digging around, and they find an egg that, surprise, this is why Godzilla was coming here. It's his son, Manila. And they're trying to eat Manila when Manila cracks open. Uh, mm. But uh, they uh, they don't because Godzilla shows up and kills most of the ants. Mm. A poor choice. Starts a, He starts training Manila in the ways of Godzilla. And then they fight the spider and then hibernate because of freezing to death. But not, because they hibernated. If you just skip those two lines... Alright, I can bring this up. If you just skip those two lines on the boat... Because when we are watching this, I was like, they're dying. Like, there's, like, extended sequence where, like, Godzilla's, like, trying to walk and get through the snow. It's getting bigger and bigger. And then, like, this yeah, little... You get the ice bomb working at the end. And... Yeah. Yeah. And then they see, you know, the... This little thing that he has, you know, that, oh, he has to care for now, I guess. Going behind him, like, meh, like, getting farther and farther in the snow, Manila, and, like, he's hard for him to move. And then I was just like, keep walking. And for, like, a second, I think that's what was going to happen. Because <laughs> Godzilla just keeps going straight, doesn't check back in. Oh, and then he turns around, and I'm like, oh, dang. You are so happy that you that Manila was going to die of, <laughs> of exposure. Hey, that is one of the gentlest ways to die. I was being... That's one of the worst ways. Dying of being frozen? Yeah. No, it's not. 
It's one of the most peaceful ways to die. You ever heard about that? Well, who's saying that? Well, because when you're about to die, your body gives makes you warm for like a second, like a little bit before you die. Because okay, the thing is, when you get cold, is confirming for us that hey, I died <laughs> freezing to death, and it was one of the best ways to go, honestly. Well, I mean, like, I guess there's been studies about it and everything with people who have nearly been frozen to death or things. That is a nearly that frozen to death and frozen to death are two separate things. You know what? People who people who were nearly decapitated in a guillotine, they didn't feel any pain because the guillotine <laughs> never came down, Brandon. That, it's not comparable. No, it definitely is. There's been studies about it where right before you die, because the thing is when you get cold, you get sleepy and then you like you'll you'll sleep and you'll mostly die in your sleep, but you also may feel warm. You're going to feel warm for those few minutes beforehand. And the thing is, is that that is an extremely merciful death for that abomination. I was being thankful. You know, I wanted it to be eaten by the spider. I wanted it to be tearn, torn open by the ants. But I, w- I settled for the peaceful solution for him. Yes, you truly are the Arafat of your day. <laughs> so, um, the thing is, is that if you ignore the line, though, because they're they're walking up to the top of a mountain together, and they're, like, hugging each other, and they're trying to keep warm, and it it's, looks very much like they're going to freeze to death. But then they say... But then two of the people say uh, on the boat, the... The, the, uh, the, the reporter? And the native girl. Yes. They say, she's like, oh, no, they're gonna die. And he's like, ha hibernation bitch <laughs> he's like oh no they're just gonna hibernate yeah. which when you brought that up who are we going to trust more the woman who has been living on that island her entire life or a reporter who just showed up the island is a tropical island how would she know how things would react in the cold in a tropical island she has been no, raised on that tropical island. Yes, but the reporter has lived in all of Japan, which does get snow. He knows. He doesn't, he doesn't know that Godzilla hibernates, though. Godzilla's a reptile. And I'm going to spoil something for you, Brandon. There's a film called Destroy All Monsters that comes out a year from this film's release that confirms that he was right. <laughs> I know that in the long term, Godzilla would be fine. But what I'm saying is this island girl lives on an island where there is a Godzilla egg. <laughs> she has had more one-on-one interaction with these monsters than this reporter has. So, question. So our Godzilla is a dude. Yes. There has to be a lady Godzilla, though, to that uh, laid that egg. Unless we're going by the 1998 uh, laid it by itself. So my question is, Godzilla clearly doesn't have genitals. We've seen a lot of Godzilla's crotch, and we've never seen anything dangling. So, does Godzilla have a cloaca? For those who are uninformed, a cloaca is a small hole slash pat damp patch on a chicken that operates as butthole, urethra, and womb slash semen spurter 
And it is. It's folks, an all-in-one. Folks, I would like to remind you that Son of Godzilla is supposed to be one of the most child-friendly Godzilla movies. <laughs> Just it's... as a reminder. Yeah, is it? I mean, the way it's intended and the way it came off are two different things. And this is a film in which a newborn baby is in extreme mortal danger. Yes. <laughs> but so, does Godzilla have a cloaca? That's what I want to know. Um, well, we never see what's quite under that tail. So I guess it's just going to remain a little little fun mystery. And you know, we've never seen King Kong's penis either. So does King Kong have a cloaca? This will be answered. King Kong is an ape. Apes, he is based off of apes. Apes do not lay eggs. No matter what the monsterverse may try to tell us. <laughs> In other in future movies, so show what's the cloaca cut. Show what's the cloaca cut. Oh. <laughs> but anyways, um, if you cut those lines of dialogue saying they're hibernating, then you could have left this about as definite of Godzilla dying as about of the original. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. See, you agree with that? Okay, good. So- what else is there to talk about in the story? Uh, um, there is the fact that I guess the eggs were hungry when they dug the egg. Like were, the eggs were hungry when they no, dug no, the but egg. The ants were hungry when oh, they yeah. dug out the egg. Yeah. I have they been like they knew that egg was there and they've been like someday, Jim. Someday we'll oh, think it's it, strong we're enough. A, we're a little too small for it. <laughs> if but if we ever get big, we know what we're going for day one. Yeah. Like, Nolan and I talk about that every day. There's this big donut on the top of the shop, that, uh, the top of the donut shop we pass by every day. And I'm like, someday, Nolan, once we're big enough, we can take that sucker on. <laughs> and hopefully someday some some really, like, some cool scientists will release radiation into the atmosphere and make us grow super big. And then we can have all the donuts we want. So, Manila aside, what did you think of the monster fights in this? Like, Godzilla? Despite Satan, how's hell? (laughs) (laughs) The monster (laughs) The monster fights are separate because it's like it's Godzilla lighting an ant on fire until it blows up and a big flaming leg launches across the island. Whenever Manila is not included in a fight or he's running away like that, it's pretty cool. Like Godzilla has some really, really cool breath in this one. Like it feels cool. Like you said, the ant catches on fire and its limb goes flying and like the giant puppet f- f- uh, flaming our ant arm lands near the humans that have to like run away from it. it. It's great. I love it. Those moments are awesome. Godzilla fighting the spider was pretty cool, but I thought it was going to be a little cooler. A lot of it just boiled down to, I think you could t- see the limitations of all the money that went into creating Manila's suit, obviously made it so the film could not go as far as it wanted in other directions yeah. but it was worth it because Manila again is America's sweetheart 
you know what also was America's sweetheart circa the 1950s about, and everyone was like, I could, I can just do this while I'm doing anything. Cigarettes, Nolan. Cigarettes were America's sweetheart. Cigarettes may be bad for you, but they look cool as fuck. And man- no, I can't go that far. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> you had to walk that back before you even finished it. <laughs> Manila is not cigarettes, Nolan. Manila is heroin. It feels bad, and it's bad for you. (laughs) But you know what they say about heroin? Movies about it are pretty cool. (laughs) So what you're saying is Son of Godzilla is the train spotting of the Godzilla films. No. I... (laughs) <laughs> so um the fights in this movie as i was getting into about uh when godzilla fights kumanga you know kumungus who wow like who would have guessed that kumungus was the imposter the whole time oh my god stop those like, jokes brandon this episode will not be out for two months which makes it even funnier <laughs> Oh boy, I can't wait to talk about my topical Among Us references. <laughs> so, um, I think a reason why they were, what was restricting when they were fighting each other is, I think Kumanga was a fairly delicate puppet. And that's why Godzilla really just shot him with atomic breath. Do you notice that? He didn't really, like, wrestle him. Like, with King Ghidorah in the, in the last movie we watched. Or, um, you know, Angiris, Angiris, Angiris with the previous one. They never really went, like, toe-to-toe too much. It was very much like, I'm gonna sit on this corner and shoot a laser beam at you. Yeah, which, because it was a giant puppet, it would have been hard, probably. That's the thing. Wasn't one person, one creature with multiple legs in that suit. But, yeah. So, uh... Important to uh, mention, and I found this interesting because I feel like, I feel like, uh, stylistically they felt so different. Uh, Jun Fukada, who directed Godzilla vs. Gigan, also directed uh, Son of Godzilla. And so, the camera work, it's interesting because we're in reverse seeing his camera work kind of... And how he frames a shot and all that kind of uh, will devolve from our from our point of view because he, you know, he was very fluid uh, in Godzilla versus Gigan and it's not it's more stagey in this one. Was it come out before? Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. It's just we're in reverse seeing a director's uh, style growing. I do have a note about the director involving the backstory of this movie. Where the screenwriter said he'd basically run out of ideas for, like, these monster movies. Like, what he could do next? And the director he was talking about, he agreed. So then the producer was like, what if he had a son? There's... Smoking gun, gentlemen. There's some audible disdain on Brandon's face right now. (laughs) Brandon, when we were watching the film... You found something out that you said, oh my god, I hate it, but refused to tell me what it was. Uh, so, what was it? Oh no. 
Oh, goodness. Okay, are you... Oh, this is going to hurt me so bad. I don't know if I want to say it. Are you ready for this? Yeah. I when I looked it up, Manila is loved in Japan, and he is ranked as the fourth most popular Godzilla monster above Mechagodzilla and Angiris. I'm the baby, gotta love me. <laughs> so for reference for folks who have not watched the movie, Manila looks exactly like Baby Sinclair from the popular 80s or 90s sitcom Dinosaurs. And funnily enough, this movie ends very similarly to how that oh show ends. Oh my god, ends. it does! <laughs> We're just not going to freeze and go extinct, right? Oh shit, did we just spoil dinosaurs? <laughs> oh no, we spoiled the episodic sitcom from before we were born. Oh, people were just about to get around to watching that one. It's ruined forever now. But yeah, it's the same exact thing. Where I just wanted to see Manila like the baby just frozen in ice. Like, I've been good. Um, but yeah, he's loved in Japan. He is hugely popular, I guess. That makes sense. Manila did show up in a lot of these movies. Yeah. Which I could see. I think it could be something like a character that we've seen when we were younger and stuff that is just really bad and dumb. But just because of how often you saw him, you're like, oh, this is pretty good. Like, this is a fun. I recognize this person. Like, seeing that out Are you saying he's the Ewoks of the Godzillaverse? I mean, he doesn't show up in that many more movies other than, like, the really kid-heavy ones. Yeah, this one, Destroy All Monsters, which weirdly is not one of the kid-friendly ones. That's, like, one of the more lore-filled, like, Godzilla is serious business films. It's basically, like, Godzilla Endgame. Like, it's an insanely like complex or just in terms of how many monsters show up in that yeah. one so that one is a long time off but um yeah so manila is yeah it's a good summary of it manila is man no i said manila is yeah as in yeah he's he's the worst character in the series so far and i don't think he's gonna be beat you're, you're, I don't know what's coming up down the pipeline. Maybe, um... There's a Godzilla Jr. They do this a second time. I mean, I would like to see how the difference is. If it's just a baby Godzilla, that could be interesting. If it's just a diff- if it's just another Godzilla. But, like, Manila is different enough where... This can lead into your, um, your discussion on Godzilla's character arc in this movie. I don't... Th- it's kind of hard to figure out if Manila is actually a baby Godzilla or he's more like a subspecies version. Because he doesn't... He looks different enough. Yeah, but... He has the same powers, though. He does. But, you know, like, certain species that are close to each other have the same powers and the same things, even if they aren't the same. Like like a hawk and a... Like, you know, and a woodpecker. They can both fly, but you wouldn't mistake one for the other. 
You hate him so much. God. Tell I'm actively trying to distance Manila from Godzilla. Be like, I don't think he's even the same species. Okay. You see, my, my hatred has gone beyond just outwardly doing it now. And now I'm like trying to like seductively pull Nolan towards the hating him side. Because if you, if you haven't read the history books, what I first got to do is other Manila. <laughs> and then I can get him to hate him. So, um, anyways, yeah, you can go. I would want, you've been telling me about, you can, uh, you have a good idea of what Godzilla's character arc is in this movie. Yeah, this film has a very strong arc for Godzilla, so... Godzilla does not like his son. Uh, he has an active disdain for Manila. Like we said, there's a point where he is about to slap Manila as if he's a stepfather who's also like a that like ex-military stepfather that that, that a kid in the neighborhood had who's like, you didn't clean your room? Bam! That's a bit dark of a joke. But... <laughs> Uh, but so he doesn't, uh, and but he still actively doesn't care for his son, and he saves him, but it's out of like obligation. There's a scene where towards the finale, Manila is being covered in spider webs from Kum- Kumanga, and Kumangas. yeah, Kum Kumchangas and. Godzilla is literally sleeping. <laughs> like, it cuts to him, and he is sleeping. So then, yeah, so he doesn't care that much. But he's trying anyway. But then you get to the moment where they're freezing, and Godzilla could just swim away. But his son his son is uh, dying out in the snow. Well, not dying, but he's hibernating. Yeah, he's dying. And Godzilla makes the conscious choice. Better to die with my son than live a coward. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, that's Godzilla's arc in the film. And that's about all I have to say about the movie itself. If you have any other talking points. Yeah, I do. So I think um, that arc is a very different is a very you know i don't think it's like a you know it's a pretty stereotypical like eh, i'm not enjoying this too much arc but it is a definitely a unique arc for godzilla of all characters because um as we were talking about we're pretty sure that and actually in this movie unlike with um Gigan, godzilla does not talk in this movie nor does manila it is all visual storytelling, which makes it all the more insightful or surprising that despite a single word spoken, you can understand their connection. Yeah. And you can also, like, just, without a single word Manila speaks, just deeply... God damn it! You brought it back there! <laughs> God! <laughs> Every time you think it's gone, I bring you back in. <laughs> We're going to move on to Make It Gritty now, folks. Yep. So, Make It Gritty is our newer segment uh, in which we pitch monsters who have not yet been in the uh, 
the American Godzilla films, the MonsterVerse, how they should appear in future films. So, obviously, we figured usually we'd do all the new monsters, but the bugs are kind of boring because they so easily fit in and just like a they're in the hollow earth and Kong has to rip them apart or something thing. <laughs> Same as like in the Godzilla 2014 with the Mutos. They could just be there. Oh, the Mutos fucking no, they suck. suck. I know. We'll, saying, we'll like, talk about it. Yeah. But, uh, so our, we got a pitch around Manila. And from my understanding, Brandon has two pitches this time around. So I'm going to let him do one of them. Then I'll do mine. Then he'll bring it home with his, with his final. Okay. So... I wrote in that what could be interesting is a theme of Godzilla versus Kong that I, spoilers for that movie is they build Mecha Godzilla like this Elon Musk type builds Mecha Godzilla because he wants to sort of have humanity on top again, right? He wants humanity on top, and the the movies are like sort of alluding to like you know world government disagreements are still a thing but ever since godzilla 2014 the landscape has changed like these big monsters exist and they are the dominant threat right now yeah so i brought up that what if some manila could be introduced from some military country you can make it up i wrote in north korea wants their own Godzilla in the upcoming kaiju arms race. Because it's coming. Like, people, countries are going to start to align themselves with some kaiju, and they're going to basically be used as a non-nuclear solution to things. So I think that this government will steal a Godzilla egg to raise as their own weapon. And... That will be Manila. And I can I wrote in that even before this egg hatches, they can bring destruction to wherever they want by just bringing the egg to where they want Godzilla to come in and attack it. Ooh. All you got to do is just leave the egg there and then pick it up before he gets to it. That is really cool. That is a really cool concept right there. Yeah, so th- I thought that could be really interesting. With the added bonus that Manila never has to be born in the film. <laughs> exactly. You could just use the egg. Like, because you know he gets super destructive. He, like, you know, he wants to protect humanity, I guess, in some way. But, like, he doesn't care if he wrecks some cities and trying to get to th- something he wants. So it's definitely in character he would do that. Yeah. So um, that's my first one. Okay, so my pitch similarly relies on the egg a lot. But so my pitch is that Miss Milliford Roberta Brown uh will be uh will uh be exploring with uh the fat kid from Hunt for the Winter Pe- Wilder people, whatever. Yes. Deadpool 2 kid. Who is in Kong vs. Godzilla. They'll be just like on spring break. And earlier in the Godzilla movie. I don't know who the main villain for this Godzilla film will be. But let's say it's a... Let's throw one out there. Let's throw... Let's say it's a Bureau. Horror of the Deep. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I don't know why we're bringing that up. But anyway. Yeah. But uh, so... And they're going to be fighting. But... but and at the beginning of the movie, 
Godzilla gets bested, and he's like out of commission and kind of MIA for most of the film. So the world needs a new Godzilla because all the other kaiju are evil. And around that time, Milliford and Julian Dennison uh, find... They find a kaiju egg on their spring break in Cancun. And they're like... And so they realize that some military general who's like, I want the world to go back to the way it was before the Titans is going to be out to destroy the egg. So they've got to like... They're like road tripping with the egg to keep it out of hands of people who want to destroy it. And then, right before the third act of the film, Manila hatches. And that brings Abira, who's been wreaking havoc on the world, back. And he's, like, in pursuit. He's in pursuit of the egg. to dis- And he's gonna, like, kill Millie Bobby Brown and Manila. But then, right as he's getting there, from the sea... Godzilla rises again. Mm. Also, when we eventually do an Abira Horror of the Deep episode, I'm going to pitch an entirely different thing for how I think Abira <laughs> should show up. That was just the first kaiju I could think of. Yes. But yeah, so that is how I would see uh, Manila factoring into the gritty world of the uh, of the MonsterVerse. Nice. I can imagine... I have two separate images when you sprout that up for how big the egg is. One is her name, Millie Bobby Brown, her name? Yes. Yes. Millie I get a. Bird. Sorry. Bird. Yeah, yeah. Brown. Uh, Miss Brown. <laughs> I can imagine Miss Brown running with like a dinosaur egg, just like holding it and just running through a cave. Oh, I was thinking like so like, big it like takes up a whole truck bed. Yes, honestly, yeah. that was the other image where they they have it like strapped to the back of a truck and they're just driving around, yeah. and they have like a sheet over it and there's like this wacky shot where you know the wind's blowing and like this old farmer's driving his truck and he looks over and there's this giant yeah, egg slowly driving through the jungle and like this farmer's behind him and you hear. I hear a bad moon arising. Yeah, so that's my pitch. Now, pitch number two from you, Brandon. I'm ready for it. Okay. All right. So, um, in the monster verse, so we're going to go with a large theme of the monster verse movies is. In a strange way, it's brought up in King of the Monsters, and I think in the original too. I guess it got over King Kong. Well, it's all about you know balancing nature, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about balancing the world and balancing nature. So, I think it's heavily alluded that the MonsterVerse humanity is sort of leaning towards you know they're in the middle of a technological revolution. It feels like it's a different kind of world than it is actually in real life now. They're sort of sprouting and they're doing like weird torpedoes and bases and like things we would not be able to make in real life like that because of everything. So I think that that theme can carry into the introduction to Manila where 
Humanity has become prosperous. They are powerful. They have advanced in countless measures. They've even eliminated most diseases. But the balance has to come eventually. <laughs> you son of a bitch! I felt the wind-up happening. I could see the I could see the shit-eating grin poking at the corners of your mouth that you were trying to suppress. I knew I I, I fucking knew you were going that way. <laughs> so my monsterverse pitch is that um to bring balance. Basically, sort of like how the midichlorians had created Anakin in Phantom Menace. <laughs> Manila, the egg, shall emerge at some random location around the world. And then when hatched, it shall bring the destruction of the planet. <laughs> this has been Podzilla, King of the Casters. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for what was certainly an episode. Yes. <laughs> please, uh, it won't be as feral next time, but please come. We uh, won't have vanilla next time, so we'll be Please come sad. join us for uh, next. Uh, oh, wait, I haven't done a, uh, an email question. Yeah. What was the question? I got this browsing Reddit from, uh, from our... Uh, one of our posts. Yeah. I got this browsing rant from one of our posts uh, to the r slash Godzilla uh, in which they, uh, someone asked us if we planned to cover Skeleturtle on the show. And Skeleturtle is a kaiju that shows up for exactly 38 seconds within Mothra vs. Godzilla. Hmm. Uh, the uh, 1964 film. Mm. And I told him yes. So the next two episodes we do are going to be a, a duology of 1961's Mothra and 1964's Mothra vs. Godzilla. So that's the next episodes we do. So Brandon, tell the people how they can reach us before we uh, sign out. So, um, there's many ways you can reach us. We have a Twitter, which is at pod, uh, Podzilla C. We have a, so we can, we'll post updates and memes and everything. Our main social media is Twitter for about this podcast, but we upload episodes to Spotify, RSS.com. And I believe Google Podcasts and uh, Apple Podcasts. So those are all the platforms you could reach us at. And if you're wondering what the C stands for, it means cancel Manila. Thank you, folks. It's been great. Goodbye. Have a good one, baby. <laughs>